All right, everybody. Good morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And Wiz, you and I are on to Motown. The Detroit Lions uh, mentioned at the end of the last podcast uh, is a team that fought very hard. They were 3-3 three and three, uh, towards the end of the season. Competitive. They beat some playoff teams. And uh, Dan Campbell has this team believing. It feels a lot, Wiz, like what we saw in Brian Flores' first year in Miami. Yeah, they had some games that they could have won, and they, they were missing some key players last year. And uh, I'm looking at this depth chart on offense, and it looks it looks a lot better to me. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Jared, Jared Goff last year in the second half of the season, a lot of these games, the game script was really well uh, worked both him throwing the ball on those short passes and uh, him and Amon Ross St. Brown really had it going on. We'll, we'll get to that player in a little bit, but you know, Jared Goff, the offense is better to me. Um, they have two running backs. They could catch the ball. I like TJ Hawkinson. He missed, um, you know, missed games last year. They, Return him on Ross St. Brown. DJ Shark is it comes over. They signed him and they drafted Jamison Williams, who is going to miss some time this year, but eventually will be a, a key part of the Lions' offense. So as far as Jared Goff goes, just getting specifically, you know, to him, he's not a, a, a you know a quarterback one, a top twelve guy, but in super flex leagues. Um, and if you could find some, some opportunities and bye weeks and maybe some great matchups that he may have during the year, I don't mind him. He's not the worst option as your second quarterback, considering the better offense that I believe the Lions will have this year. So no quarterback won for me, but I'm okay with Jared Goff in a super flex league as my second quarterback or using him as a spot or a bye week starter. Your view on Goff coming into this season. Yeah, so I'm, I guess I'm a little biased because Goff has been a disappointing guy for me overall in my history of drafting him as a fantasy player. I think there was a marked difference last year. I, by the way, I don't know how Anthony Lynn, he's a nice guy and all, but how he's allowed to be an offensive coordinator, I, he's just not good at it, right? And and when when Dan Campbell took over, uh, who's kind of a lunch pail type guy, but the offense showed some life, as you mentioned. You know, at the end of the day, when you look at Goff, he averaged 232 yards a start, which is not bad. 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and he did complete 67%. Look, Dan Campbell has been very outspoken about Jared Goff, you know, becoming a better player and being a better player. So it's going to be on him. This is a, this is a situation this year. Um, am I going to kill somebody of having him as a second quarterback? Because, by the way, this is not a terrific defense still. Um, so the Lions will be in some entertaining games as they were last year. But the offensive imagination changed a lot when Campbell took over the play calling duties. And Jared Goff, could I see him getting up to 250 yards a game very easily? Maybe 25 touchdowns, maybe getting closer to 4,000 yards. A bit conservative last year, but as you say, the personnel's better. And if guys can stay healthy this year, it could look a lot better, Woods. Yeah, Ben Johnson was a key guy in that Lions organization. He's an offensive coordinator this year. Uh, he got really involved with the play calling, and that's when uh, that Amon Rossing Brown situation took off. Um, when it comes to the running back situation, I don't know. I think I'm against the grain on most people. I just feel DeAndre Swift is a little bit overrated, and Jamal Williams is a little bit underrated. And I don't agree with the disparity in their average draft positions at all. Um, I just thought like it was a, a perfect storm for DeAndre Swift. 
with the Lions losing and these teams playing this prevent soft defense, letting him catch the ball, draws working for him, and Jamal Williams being hurt. I like Jamal Williams. I think he's a good player, a hard-nosed player, an elite pass protector. So I know DeAndre Swift is ranked clearly inside the top 12 at running back. I understand it, and I know people look at recency bias and what he did last year, but I think you really have to look in between the lines there um, about what took place. And with Jamal Williams in there, I don't know. I think their average draft position should be a little bit closer, and I wouldn't be surprised if that workload was a little bit closer to 50-50 than maybe the 75-25 that people are projecting this year. So do you agree with me, or uh, do you have DeAndre Swift? as a kind of a rock-solid running back one with Jamal Williams, you know, not being much more than a handcuff. Yeah, so I agree with you on, on a couple of in a couple of ways, right? So DeAndre Swift was not a heavily used running back in college, right? And in addition to that, he has shown durability issues in his first two seasons as a pro. I don't think there's any chance that DeAndre Swift is catching 62 balls this year. That, that I, I, In fact, I'll be very emphatic about that. No chance of that happening. I think his number will be somewhere between 30 and 40 catches. Um, if you look last year, actually the carries were split right down the middle because of injuries. It was 150 a pop, um, 150 a piece for each of the two players. Uh, I agree they should be a little bit closer. Their yards per carry was about the same. Uh, I think, you know, you mentioned, we'll talk about Sam Brown in a minute, but I think he's going to be the one that's going to benefit from more of those short passes that in the beginning of the season last year, it was DeAndre Swift. But if you look at DeAndre Swift's receiving in the second half of the year, Wiz, seven yards a game in the second half of the season. It disappeared. So those expecting those catches again from DeAndre Swift, uh, you're going to be sadly mistaken in, uh, in drafting this player too high if that's uh, what you're thinking coming into the season. So give me give me a quick synopsis of Williams, handcuff, standalone value. You like him? Which of you on Williams? Yeah, I think he's got standalone value for certain. Uh, no, no question about it. So he, he's the definitive handcuffs. By the way, when other guys did get an opportunity last year, particularly Reynolds, uh, when he was given, I think at one or two games, both Williams and Swift were out, right? And Reynolds Reynolds got a lot of carries and was and was pretty productive. So, yeah, I think Jamal Williams has standalone value. That's what I would say. He's, he's definitely his handcuff, and he has standalone value on top of that. So let's, let's continue on Amon Ross St. Brown, who I think I looked it up, and I think he may have been overall wide receiver four in the last five or six games of the year. He was incredible, and golf was showing – tremendous confidence in him and I'm going to continue saying that he's going to keep up terrific production until Jamison Williams steps on the field then I'm not saying it he gets eliminated I'm not saying it goes down dramatically I'm saying at that point I don't know I really don't know I know Jamison Williams is going to be a terrific player I don't know how much of how much of the season he's going to miss and he's probably not going to be himself until 2023 season where he's at full strength, no matter how many games he plays this year. But um, DJ Shaw comes over, Amon St. Brown comes over and Amon Ross St. Brown. I have, like I said, with, with the, I, the premise that Jameson Williams is going to miss most of the season or half the season. I have Amon Ross St. Brown right around the same kind of view as Donnell Mooney um, wide receiver two ish, 
uh, wide receiver three, somewhere between maybe 25 and 30. Um, I don't know about that production, the ability to keep that up, but I do know uh, one of the beat writers said that they expect him to get at least seven, eight targets a game. That would be incredible. So uh, I'm on the range of Ross St. Brown. I like, I just don't know what happens when Jameson Williams steps on the field. Yeah, and I agree with you. If I'm the Lions, right, I don't think I'm making the playoffs this year. This year, I think they'll improve in terms of the number of wins that they have. Uh, but I'd be cautious on the player. But, you know, we don't know what that dynamic is going to be. Uh, you mentioned Shark. The, the Lions took a lottery ticket on that, a guy that two years ago had 1,000 yards receiving uh, and eight touchdowns with the Jaguars but disappeared and de- dealt with injuries last year. So they take a lottery ticket on him. Uh, Josh Reynolds is here as well, a player that uh, uh, Jared Goff had familiarity with when he was with the Rams uh, and did have a couple of decent games. But, but St. Brown, I think, is the guy – even though his his success happened when Swift and Hawkinson were both out, uh, I think the guy who's going to lose out on touches as a result, and I mentioned it already, you know, 62 catches last year. I don't think he's doing it this year. Armand St. Brown is going to be very active around the line of scrimmage. And, yeah, if the beat writers are talking about that kind of play calling where he gets 70 targets a game, that's, that's music to your ears because this is a guy that catches the football. So um, the dynamic, I agree with, will change when William gets on the field it, it, you could argue it opens up the offense more where underneath is actually o- open more so we'll, we'll see what ends up happening but yeah I'm confident going into the season um, that we'll see production do I think uh, St. Brown is going to pr- reduce like he did in the second half of last year no I do not uh, but I think he'll be a very effective fantasy football player yeah and I think um, all of the above is true and uh, you know just have to keep uh, your Eye on on Williams, uh, Jameson Williams, and see what his status is um, because the dynamics of that offense could change. T.J. Hawkinson is a rock-solid tight end for me. It's just a shame he has difficulty staying on the field. He's a willing and tough blocker, and he's a very, very good uh, pass catcher as well. I, I just don't know if you could rely on him staying on the field, but I am you know, firmly inside the top ten at the position. Uh, I want to get a tight end with some upside if I do draft him in case he goes down. Uh, I'd like to get one of the tight ends that I've talked about in that block of maybe seven, eight guys that uh, have the upside. I like Hawkinson. It's just a matter if he could stay on the field. Yeah, the the injury obviously hurts, but uh, that's part of the game. But uh, I agree with you. A definite tight end one was. Um, not much to say about the special teams. Uh, Lions, a uh, spot start perhaps, uh, <laughs> depending uh, on um, on who your other defense is. If they have a good matchup, their defense has shown that they you know can can play well at times. Uh, not really interested in Austin Seibert. Uh Riley Patterson is the kickers. The conditions are good, but you just don't quite know. Um, what the game script is going to be if the Lions are trailing by 14 points in the fourth quarter. They are certainly not going to be lining up field goals. So for those reasons, I'm going to take a pass on the Lions and the kicking game for the Lions as well. Yeah, I'm right with you on both ways. Although I will say Patterson did what was productive, 29 out of 30 kicks made. But yeah, again, probably playing from behind a lot more. So agree with you there, Wiz. Uh, that's going to wrap up the Lions. I do think they're going to be an improved team. I did take a, a prop bet on them to, to win more than five and a half games. I feel pretty confident in that one. But uh, we'll talk more about this division uh, next with the Green Bay Packers. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast are on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Again, make sure you're subscribing. 
and uh, talk to you in a bit, Wiz, about those Green Bay Packers. You got it.